Thanks to this season's presenting sponsor, Driscoll's. Only the finest berries. Hello, young chefs, and welcome back to Mystery Recipe. I'm Molly Birnbaum, Editor-in-Chief of America's Test Kitchen Kids. And I'm Mitzi, oven mitt, Molly's right-hand gal, and the MVP, or MVP, of today's episode. Are you? Yes. I don't actually know what it means, but I know MVP is about sports, and today, I am sports. Every week on Mystery Recipe, we'll be talking about the fun, fantastical, and fascinating sides of a different kitchen ingredient. Plus, at the end of the season, we'll use all the ingredients to cook a mystery recipe together. Can you guess what it is yet? It will use cinnamon, vegetable oil, garlic, chipotle chili powder, tomato sauce, and limes. It's day two of Lime Week, and we've got an all-star touchdown episode for you today. First up, Greg is over in the end zone with Tricky Trivia. Then we have a special guest tell us about the history of key lime pie for Ask a Grown-Up. And finally, Andrea is back with the three-point buzzer-beating field down in how-to time. Sports, huh, Mitzi? Sports, 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 sports! How about we head to the theme song? Tastes good. Ooh. This is too much. Mystery recipe. Mincy, my ears are still ringing from that whistle. Sorry, Molly. I have to admit, I don't know much about how to sport. Yeah, why are you so sport-centric right now, Mincy? Because I got to drinking these lemon-lime sports drinks after the scoop last episode, and I can feel the electrolytes coursing through my veins! I don't think that's how electrolytes work, boss. Greg! Good to see you, buddy. You too, boss. Hi, Molly. Hi, Greg. Good to see you. And, Mitzi, Greg is right. You can't feel electrolytes. Sports drinks just have them because they help keep you hydrated. They don't really give you energy or anything. Well, regardless, I've had so much of this stuff lately, I feel like I could lift a truck over my head. I've got to find a sport that works for me. I've never really tried any before. Do you play sports, Greg? Not really, no. Okay, totally fair. Well, I'm just going to go around and ask everyone I know then. I'll be back when I have a championship belt of some kind. Well, while Mitzi is working on that championship belt, how about we move to our next segment, Greg? Are you ready for this week's round of Tricky Trivia? I believe I am, Molly. Listeners, in Tricky Trivia, Molly will tell us a fact about our ingredient theme, and we get to decide if it's true or false. That's correct. Let's jump right in. True or false, Greg? Limes, the fruit, are named after the color lime green. So, Greg... Is this one true or false? Were limes the fruit named after the color lime green? Hmm, another naming fact, eh, Molly? Well, this one is a little tricky. What came first, the lime or the color? Although, I think I see a hole in your logic, Molly. Do you? Limes are a part of nature, and nature has been around for a very long time. Nature's, like, been around the longest out of everything. 
I would venture to guess that limes have been growing on trees for a lot longer than we have been calling things lime green. And so I am going to say false. Limes were not named after the color lime green. Ding, ding, ding. You are exactly right, Greg. Limes have been around for much longer than our use of the term lime green to describe a color. The exact opposite is true. The color lime green is a bright shade of greenish yellow and was, in fact, named after the citrus fruit. I thought so, Molly. Just like sky blue or violet, colors are often named after things from nature, not the other way around. There's no tricking you with that one, Greg. But let's try another question. Are you ready for your next one? I am ready, Molly. All right. True or false, Greg? Whole dried limes are sometimes used to make tea. So, Greg, is this true or false? Are whole dried limes used to make tea? Huh. This one is much trickier, Molly. Well, I've heard of dried fruits before, like dried mango or dried pineapple. But drying fruits means removing all the water from them. I don't know if it makes sense to then soak them back in water to make tea. Plus, tea is usually made from the leaves of plants, not a whole fruit. So I'm going to go ahead and say false. Ah, sorry, Greg, but this answer is actually true. What? Yes, dried lime tea, also called chai numi basra, numi basra tea, or lumi tea, is a type of tea made from whole dried limes. It's often enjoyed in the Arab states of the Persian Gulf and Iraq and other places in the Middle East. You just place a whole dried lime in a glass? Not exactly. That would taste very strong. To make chai numi basra, you add two to three full dried limes to a large pot of boiling water. Some people will crush them first so you can take out the lime seeds, and other people just poke holes in the lime so all the yummy lime flavors can come out. But you boil those limes for about 15 minutes, and it makes a strong, sour, and aromatic tea. A lot of people like to have it when they have an upset stomach. It makes them feel better. Wow! That sounds like a whole new type of tea I have never tried before. Well, we can try making a batch later then. It makes your whole kitchen smell amazing. Yum. All right, I've got one more question for you. Are you ready? Ready. All right, Greg, true or false? You can pickle onions in lime juice. So, Greg, is this true or false? Can you pickle onions in lime juice? (sighs) Well, this is another tough one. You might say I'm in a bit of a... Pickle here, Molly. Nice one, Greg. (laughs) Let's see. I love pickles, but I thought they were cucumbers that had soaked in vinegar. This is an onion soaked in lime juice. But I know that vinegar is very acidic. And so is lime juice. So it's not exactly the same thing. But maybe it's close enough? I think I am going to take a bit of a leap of faith here and say true. Nice job, Greg. The answer is true. Woohoo! I wasn't sure, but I just thought they were similar enough to make it possible. Well, you are right. Pickled onions are a very popular ingredient in all types of cuisines, but you may see them the most in Mexican food. You can make a quick pickled onion by thinly slicing red onions and soaking the red onions in lime juice, water, and sugar. 
Any type of onion will work, but pickled red onions are the prettiest, in my opinion. The acid from the lime juice makes the onion a bit softer and balances out its sharp flavor, making it a bit more mild. And the added sugar rounds out the flavor with a bit of sweet. Mmm, that sounds really delicious, Molly. I think we have a lot of lime taste testing to do. Dried lime tea and pickled onions? Yeah, what fun things to know. Thanks, Molly. Thank you for playing Tricky Trivia with me today. Heads up! Oh, we didn't catch it! Mitzi, careful, you can't just throw a football into the studio like that. You could break something. Oh, is that what this thing is? See, I was throwing it with my hands, but if it's a football, then I'm probably supposed to be using my feet. Maybe that's why I'm so bad at it. No, you're supposed to throw a football with your hands. Oh, then which is the one where I use my feet? Soccer. Soccer. But if I use my hands for football, do I use my socks for soccer? I mean, I would recommend wearing shoes. This is too much. How's the sports hunt going, Mitzi? It's a little bit tough. A lot of these sports are really hard to play alone. I think I was excellent at dodgeball, but again, with no one else actually throwing any of the balls, dodging them was fairly easy. Well, there are some sports you can play by yourself, Mitzi. Or maybe you could help me, Greg? I mean, I probably could. I think that would be fun. If you want to, Greg, I say go for it. We're about to cut to commercial break anyway. All right, let's go sport, Mitzi. Woohoo! Okay, what should we try? Racquetball? Golf? Figure skating? Yes. Coming up, our friend and producer Chad is here with a special guest, America's Test Kitchen Kids test cook Cassandra Laughlin. We'll be right back after these words from our sponsors. Grown-ups, these ads are for you. Hey, grown-ups. I want to tell you about our sponsor, the Kroger family of stores. If you're anything like me, it's easy to let grocery shopping fall to the bottom of your to-do list. Kroger's grocery delivery service has taken the stress out of the process. You don't even need to leave your house. Shop online and get fresh groceries delivered to your house in as little as an hour. Shopping couldn't be simpler. It's easy to find the items you buy often, or you can search for exactly what you're looking for. Then schedule a delivery time that works for you and get back to what matters most. Save time and order online with Kroger's Grocery Delivery. Learn more at Kroger.com. Hey, grown-ups! Today, I want to tell you all about mangoes and how mangoes are a superfood. I talked to Michael Warren from the National Mango Board to find out exactly what that means. Michael, what is a superfood? A superfood is a food that will accentuate nutrition and health. And if I had my way, it would taste good as well. Why are mangoes considered a superfood? They have 20 vitamins and minerals in them. Big in vitamin C, they have vitamin Bs, vitamin A. It's a source of folate and copper. How can one fruit be both delicious and super good for you? Well, they squeezed it all into a mango. If you want to know more about what makes mangoes super, you can head to mango.org slash mystery recipe. And we're back. And with us in the studio is our friend and producer, Chad. Hey, Molly. 
and test cook with America's Test Kitchen Kids, Cassandra Laughlin. How are you both today? Doing fine. Doing great, Molly. How are you? Great, thanks. Cassandra, so glad to have you on the show. Happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Listeners, Cassandra is a test cook with the kids team, meaning she works on developing recipes for all types of stuff. Our cookbooks, the website, atkkids.com, and the Young Chefs Club subscription boxes. But today, we brought Cassandra on to tell us a little bit about limes. Oh? Key limes, to be exact. Key lime pie, to be exact, exact. I developed a recipe for key lime pie for America's Test Kitchen Kids a while back, And now I'm obsessed. Take it away, Cassandra. All this week, we are learning about the magic of lime and its many uses. When I first started researching key limes for my key lime pie recipe, I read that limes were actually super important to sailors hundreds of years ago. Interesting. How did the sailors use limes? Great question. I found out that they used limes to stay healthy, which sounded kind of odd to me. So I decided to find an expert to help explain, David Sloan. David Sloan is a cookbook author and food historian who is known for his work about the origin of key lime pie. My name is David Sloan. I live in Key West, Florida, and I'm a key lime pie guy. What exactly is a key lime pie guy? Well, first we need to know a little bit more about key lime pie. Well, a key lime pie is a dessert that's native to Key West, Florida. And it's a very simple dessert. It consists usually of, well, always of sweetened condensed milk and key limes. And then a lot of times some egg and then a crust of choice and a topping of choice. Key limes are smaller, yellower cousins to the bigger dark green Persian limes you usually see in the grocery store. They are more tart with fragrant floral juice. They used to be grown widely in the Florida Keys, which are islands off the coast of Florida where Key West is located. So then why is David so passionate about key lime pie? It all started when he began to look into the history behind key lime pie. There's different theories out there, but like most foods, it evolved over time. There used to be people who would go out and harvest the sea sponges in the waters of Key West. Sea sponges? Yep. They're a lot like the sponges we have today and were used the same way too. They used to be very popular and could be found all along the waters of Key West. The people who went out in the boats to harvest them were called spongers. And when they were out in the boats, they'd be out there for days. And certain things that they'd take were intended to keep them healthy. In the 1800s, spongers relied on non-perishable foods that would last a long time without refrigeration, like eggs, bread, canned sweetened condensed milk, and limes. And how did the limes keep them healthy? Well, spongers were often sick with the disease called scurvy, which is when the body does not get enough vitamin C. And limes, like other citrus fruits, are high in vitamin C. So lime juice provided the vitamin C the sailors needed to remain strong and healthy. So sponge fishers just happened to have all of the ingredients to make key lime pie. Did they double as deep sea bakers and make key lime pie on a boat? In the middle of the ocean? Mm, Not exactly. I don't think they were uh, perfecting their meringue when they were out (laughs) on the water. They used the foods that were available. What I suspect happened was that they mixed the two together and they'd mixed the lime in with the sweetened condensed milk to kind of, you know, cut the, the, uh, the tartness of the lime. And that was the first part. 
of the key lime pie being created. Spongers top stale bread with a mixture of sweetened condensed milk mixed with egg and a little key lime juice. The acid in the lime juice would lightly cook the egg, the canned milk sweetened it, and the stale bread served as the crust. Spongers created the very first version of key lime pie. This is so fascinating. I know the recipe has changed a bit since these spongers were making it out on their boats. As a key lime pie guy, what recipes does David recommend? David believes that young chefs should make key lime pie their own by using their imagination. You can use anything from chocolate sandwich cookies to honey oat cereal to make the crust. I really like pies that take it to a new level. I like doing a bacon key lime pie. I love a jalapeno key lime pie. The best key lime pie is always the one that you're about to eat. Thanks, Cassandra, and many thanks to David Sloan for sharing the fascinating history of key lime pie. Thanks for having me. See you later. Oh, hey, Mitzi. Hey, Greg. Molly. Hi, Molly. Mitzi, what's wrong? I mean, nothing. There's just only so much losing one oven mitt can take. I'm sorry, boss. No, no, no. Do not be sorry, Greg. You are just apparently very good at all sports. That is no reason to apologize. You'll find your sport, Mitzi. Don't worry. Andrea! Hey there, Andrea. Hey, everybody. How's it going? I'm doing great. Andrea! If you're here, then it must be how-to time! That's right. Listeners, this season we wanted to help Greg work on his kitchen technique. And so each week, Andrea is going to teach Greg something new that has to do with our ingredient theme. Andrea is a test cook here at America's Test Kitchen Kids. That means she works on developing recipes and experiments for our cookbooks and things like the Young Chef's Club boxes. You can find out more about all that fun stuff by going to atkkids.com. And while you're at it, I'm going to go give some sports a try that you could do by yourself, like darts or maybe bowling or kayaking. Good luck, Mincy. All right, Greg, you ready to get started? Yes, I am. What are we learning today? Today, I'm going to teach you how to zest and juice limes. Ooh, then we can have a nice big glass of lime juice. I'm going to take a pass on that one, buddy. Lime juice is pretty sour. Oh, right. I knew that. Uh, what do you do with lime juice, then? I know you can use lemon juice to make lemonade. You can use limes to make limeade, too. Limes are very versatile and have lots of flavor. I've never heard of limeade before. I bet it's delicious. Can we try it? Sure, but if we're going to make limeade, we're going to need some lime juice, so let's get squeezing. All right, I'm ready. Okay, but before we juice our limes, we're going to zest them. Do you know what zesting is, Greg? Well, I know that when something tastes zesty, it's kind of tangy and strong. And I've heard someone say Mitzi is zesty, but I'm not so sure how those two things go together. Well, zesty can refer to a flavor or it can describe someone who is enthusiastic and energetic, which I think describes Mitzi very well. Oh, okay, I get it. Except... What does that have to do with limes? Well, the other way we use the word zest is to refer to the flavorful colored skin from citrus fruit, usually lemons, limes, and oranges. When we zest a fruit, we're removing that skin to use in cooking. It's full of flavorful oils that can pack a big punch of flavor. Oh, like potato skins with a peeler? 
A vegetable peeler is a good way to remove skin from some fruits and vegetables, but when we're dealing with citrus fruit, we really only want the very thin outermost layer of skin. The layer underneath is much paler in color. It's almost white, and it doesn't have much flavor. That part is called the pith, and we don't want any of it in our food, which is why to remove zest, we use this, a rasp grater. Oh, I've seen those before. Listeners at home, a rasp grater looks like a long cheese grater with a handle on the end. It has very small holes. Okay, I'll show you with these limes. Remember, this technique will work with lemons, limes, or oranges. I'll zest this lime and you describe it to our listeners. Okay, young chefs, it looks pretty easy. Andrea is just rubbing the lime lightly against the rasp grater to remove the colored zest. It's easiest to rest the tip of the grater on the counter or a cutting board to keep it stable. And remember to turn the fruit as you go to avoid the white layer underneath the zest. As I'm turning the lime, you can see the patches of the white pith exposed where I've grated away the green zest. Okay, listeners, now we have a little pile of, uh, green flaky stuff. That's the zest, Greg. Zest can be used to add citrus flavor to all kinds of things from cakes to pasta to simple syrup. That's so cool. Zest case scenario, we can have all three. (laughs) Although, maybe not all the same time. What about the juice? Well, now that we have a zested lime, let's juice it. You can also juice a non-zested lime, but if you need both zest and juice for a recipe, remember to zest first and juice second. To juice, place your fruit on a cutting board and cut it in half crosswise. That means through its equator, not through the ends. We'll use a citrus juicer for this part. There are a few different kinds of juicers. Some sit on the counter and you twist the fruit on top. There are some that look like a pointy cone with a handle on the end. And then there are handheld versions that you use to press the juice out of the fruit. They all work, but here in the test kitchen, we like handheld juicers the best. So that's what we'll be using today. Can you describe how I'm juicing this lime to our listeners, Greg? Yes. Okay, listeners. Andrea is putting half of the lime into the juicer And then she just squeezed it with two handles to press the juice out. Don't forget to hold the juicer over a bowl to catch the juice. You don't want it to get all over the counter. And if any seeds make their way into your juice, you can use a small spoon to remove them before using the juice. Can I have some, Andrea? I want to try and make some limeade. Of course, Greg. You should take a few more limes. You won't be able to make much limeade with the juice from just one. I'll get them started. You go finish the episode. Deal. Woot! That was great! Thanks, Andrea. Ugh. Mitzi, are you alright? I just don't recommend sports. Do not try to sport, friends. It's not easy to sport. You know, limes are kind of shaped like little footballs. Yeah, I guess they kind of are. Maybe these would be good for you to practice with, boss. They're so much smaller than a real football. Alright, good luck with the limeade and the sports balls. Well, I'm gonna go. See you next week, Greg. Mitzi, why don't you recommend sports? I was just so sure I'd be able to sport, Molly. I tried almost everything. Basketball, archery, synchronized swimming. I couldn't even synchronize by myself. It was embarrassing. It's not embarrassing, Mitzi. Sports are just like anything else you might want to get good at. It takes time and practice. Unless you're Greg. Greg was good at everything. Sorry. 
No, Greg, don't be sorry. I'm sorry. I'm being a negative person because I wasn't good at something and you were. Ugh, attitude. You should be proud of yourself, not sorry. Oh, okay. I totally am proud of myself. I just didn't want to say that because you seemed sad. Mitzi, maybe you just haven't found the right sport for you. Let's think about what you might be particularly suited for. Is there like a pie-handling sport? There isn't that I know of, but you are a mitt. I am a mitt. Have you tried baseball? I haven't. I haven't tried baseball sport. I bet you would make for an excellent catcher. You know what, Molly? I bet you're right. Should we go find out? I throw a mean curveball. Of course you do. I mean, of course you do. Let's try it. Oh, but we should probably maybe finish the episode first, huh? We should, yes. But I think that's all the time we have for today. We'll be back soon with another Lime Green episode. We've got a sweet and sour miracle in our pressing questions segment, followed by some pop culture classics in our wild card. And remember, at the end of the season, we'll be using all of our ingredients in a very special mystery recipe to cook together. Can you guess what it is? If you love Mystery Recipe, be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. That way, you won't miss an episode. And if you liked this episode, share it with a friend. Or feel free to leave us a review. We love reading them. Until then, keep, keep on, on cooking. cooking. Mystery Recipe is hosted by me, Molly Birnbaum, and I am a chocolate croissant. Chad Chennai is our writer and producer. He is Eggs Benedict. Our executive producer is Caitlin Kelleher. She's a breakfast burrito. Scoring, sound design, and mixing by Anya Jeshik and Matt Boynton of Ultraviolet Audio. They are two eggs over easy with a side of corned beef hash. Jonathan Roberts composed our theme music and is a Pop-Tart. Our post-production supervisor is Jen Margolis. She's French toast. Our line producer is Diane Knox, who is also an omelet. Jack Bishop is the chief creative officer of America's Test Kitchen. He's two double lattes. David Nussbaum is our CEO, and he's a blueberry pancake. Special thanks to our senior science editor, Paul Adams, executive editor, Kristen Sargianis, executive food editor, Susanna McFerrin, Senior editors, Afton Cyrus and Ali Velez Aldifer. Test cooks, Andrea Vavjin and Cassandra Laughlin. Assistant editors, Katie O'Hara and Tess Berger. And assistant test cook, Kristen Bango. Andrea Vavjin and Cassandra Laughlin were contributing writers on this episode. This episode featured the voices of Kira O'Sullivan and Jonathan Cormer. Thanks again to our sponsors, Kroger and the National Mango Board. Mystery Recipe is a production of America's Test Kitchen Kids. So, Mitzi, you ready to catch this? Yes, I am! Wait, do I need a catcher's mitt? You are one? Oh, do I just catch the ball with my face? Uh, carefully? I guess I don't feel quite as good about this as I did before. You know, maybe sports aren't for everyone. And that's fine. Right. That's totally fine. 
I am embracing my role as a sports spectator. Let's just call it a day. Hi, grown-ups. I wanted to tell you a little bit about our newsletter. If you love the fun food content we share on Mystery Recipe, then sign up today for our ATK Kids newsletter to receive even more recipes, activities, and stories from me straight to your inbox. As a mom of two, I always try to include things that are important to my family, and it's a great way to hear about all the new things we are cooking up at ATK. Plus, every new email added will be entered for a chance to win three free ATK Kids books for toddlers through teens. We'll draw 10 winners every month while the promotion lasts. And we have some great books available all the time. Head to atkkids.com newsletter to sign up today for your chance to win. Thank you.